0: Welcome to episode number 138 of Passing Points Podcast, presented by Same Day Auto Repair. I'm your host, Michael Tyree. You've got my co host, Travis Ashwood, with me. Lane's and not here. Lane is not here. Lane has been super busy. He's been traveling the world, doing car shows, being cool, and having windows. fun
1: stuff. So, being a lot cooler than us. Yeah. We live vicariously through Lane. Is that the What was it?
0: We live vicariously through Is that the right word? Yeah, that's just the right word. All right. Congratulations. Cool. But, yeah, no. Lane's the cool guy. That's why we have him on the show, but we need, we need a cool guy on the show. I'm starting to wonder if he got too cool for the show. Yeah. So Maybe he'll be back. That's why he's not here. He's too cool for the show. <laughs> I thought it was because he was selling windows tonight. He had a no, that's what he told us. He's like, oh, I'm selling windows. <laughs> he
1: said he had to work. And really, he's like, I got three dates with three different girls. <laughs> At the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, gosh. To be young.
1: How old is he? Is he 24, 25? 24, 25, something like that. Yeah, Way younger than us. Yeah. I think I have friends that have kids his age <laughs> that I graduated high school with.
0: <laughs> Whatever, dude. It's, even, <laughs> it's mathematically not even possible unless they had kids like their freshman year. No, you're right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they would have had to have kids like coming out of middle school, bro. <laughs> Well, now at my school that wasn't so far fetched. No, I know there was a couple. <laughs> there was actually like a
0: girl or two that was in your grade. I think that was pregnant. Like that was like junior senior year.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that that's the kids I'm thinking about. Though, like my kid is going to go to school with their grandkids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy.
0: Well, hey, let's kick things off with our open segment brought to you by A One Machine Shop for all your machine shop needs in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Go visit Paul and Blake Edwards at A One Machine Shop. You see who won the Daytona 500? Yes. I was pumped for it. Open wheel guy. I was excited for it. What do you think about some of the, man? Let me tell you. Let
1: me, I'm going to talk, talk NASCAR.
0: Well, we are, but I'm going to have a lane grind my gears segment. You know what? You're you getting me ready to talk about the
1: cautions. The,
0: I'm going to hurt some feelings here. You're talking about the no, gonna overtimes? Hurt, nope. I'm going to hurt some people's feelings. Listen up. All you dirt track racers, so-called self-proclaimed dirt track fans can't stand NASCAR. None of us NASCAR fans give a crap that you don't watch NASCAR. You don't have to post and tell the world that, oh, it's a Daytona 500. I don't care. I don't watch NASCAR. Who cares? Live your life. And secondly, when you don't watch it, but then you get in there and comment about everything that happens, like, just Who cares? Just live your life, man. Uh, Just live your life. I'm going to speak for them a little bit. Go ahead, because I kind of feel like that. Well, you're the guy that says you don't watch NASCAR, but yet you text me during pre-race I about Joey Logano's hair. Dude, so i was like, well, you're dude, obviously I watching because
1: I like the beginning of it and I like the end of it, but the race bores the hell out of me. I hear you. I could I could have been fine with the I'm last not, 25. No, listen, listen, listen I'm, I'm, let okay. me let me get done. You okay, I could have been fine with the last 25 laps of that race. Okay. People want NASCAR to be good. They just don't know how. Like they don't agreed. They don't verbalize it correctly. I am not like they don't watch NASCAR because they're pissed off at NASCAR because it's not what they want or what they okay what they grew up on.
0: I I can live with that, but I'm tired of you post every Sunday. And there's a few particular people I'm talking about that may or may not listen to the show. But you don't need you're to read, post. You read the comments. No, you don't need to post every Sunday. Ah. Uh. That you how much you hate NASCAR and they're never going to get you to watch it again. I don't. We don't care. NASCAR don't care.
1: I don't. It, mm, NASCAR does care. No, NASCAR doesn't. Not care. necessarily about those three people. NAS, they, they NASCAR care about the, does not care that Joe Johnson from Oklahoma. But they care that a million Joe Johnsons aren't watching. No.
0: They care about all the million people around LA for the clash that they are
1: watching. That they're trying to get the watch right. that aren't watching. That's what I'm telling you. That's why people hate NASCAR's because they're not going after their core demographic. Right. They're going yeah. after new demographics I'm not going to sit
0: here and defend the product and say that it's great racing. Because the racing is nine times out of ten
1: terrible. I think they're marketing I think they're I think they're the, the direction their marketing is going is based off what their corporate sponsors are telling them to go after mm-hmm. and not what they should be going after. Right. That that, that I and I don't and I don't I don't envy the person in charge of it because but, he has to balance all those my, different things. My problem is
0: I'm not and, and a lot of people that listen to the show
1: know that I'm not a one-dimensional racing fan. I'm not, oh, I I like Formula 1 and right. IndyCar. I'm I'm actually probably a bigger IndyCar fan than I am NASCAR fan.
0: And that's fine. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. But well, you're not you're not logging on every Sunday to tell the world how much you hate
1: NASCAR. I don't, I don't. Put stuff on Facebook like that, though. I know, I know. But boy, it just i just annoys me. If if I put every opinion I had on Facebook, I'd have three yeah. followers.
0: But I mean, like, I'll get up on my soapbox on some things, but I usually—oh, I know—I
1: usually let. Oh, him, I know. I usually say my piece and then move on. I know because when I get here, I'm like, Michael, you have to say that. That's stupid. <laughs> let them be mad. Who cares? So. Um, yeah, how many times have I told you about like? Who cares what they think? Just let them be mad. No, I tell a lot of people that you
0: balance out my life. But, <laughs> no, really? Yeah, because uh, you're very good
1: about like. If I have, you I ground me. I have grown. I, I have learned, and it, it, I didn't start off this way. But when somebody's pissed off at me or mad at me, and people are like, "Well, are you okay with that?" I'm like, yeah, I'm not the one mad. I don't care. Right. That's their problem, not mine. My,
0: my favorite thing that you do for I, me to ground me is like I'll say like. Man, those guys are stupid. They're doing that's stupid. Why are they doing that? And then you'll just be like, eh,
1: we were young and dumb too. <laughs> we, we, we couldn't time a race car at one time. Right, like, so like you, you will, you'll like your brother will get kicked out of this. Do you, do you remember the time we had to go t- time his race car for him? Yeah. And we were driving off. You're like, God, I can't believe we had to run over and do that. I'm like, dude, we couldn't do it at one time either. And now he can do that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. So he, he's fine.
0: You remember that one time that we rebuilt his engine, and that one piston was chewed up a little bit, and we didn't want to put it back together. Oh yeah, and then um, we said we're not responsible for this.
1: Don't tell us. Don't tell anybody we built it. And then he got like he got like sixty races out of it. <laughs> Did he really?
0: Yeah. <laughs> he just refreshed it like last I didn't year. didn't know that. He, he ran it in that sprint car,
1: then he put it in his modified, then back in the sprint car. It never blew up. So that tells everybody we don't know what the hell we're talking about. <laughs>
0: Well, he took it to Westmore and they were like, yeah, you need a new piston. <laughs> You're like, this thing's still running. <laughs> it looked like that piston, like the, the ring lands had been like ground out with a cutoff disc. this a ton of blow by and everything. <laughs> no, it was fine. It was, I was just like, I'm not, I, I'm like, I'm not putting my stamp of approval on this. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, I was just like, it was almost like it was a verbal contract. It was like, you cannot hold us responsible if this. Have thing you talked good.
1: to him lately? Do you know what he's doing this year? What
0: his plans are? He's, he's building him a car too. Is he? Yeah. He's going to run sprint
1: car cool yeah no it's crazy it's so funny like i'm just saying it's it's crazy to look back when you first started doing it yeah to what you knew then and what you know now because yeah. if if I'd have seen what i just want to know then to what i know now I'd be like, I guess i'm like that's in trouble
0: oh i know and and now don't get me wrong like it takes us a while but we're both building our own motors we're huh. i mean and how how rewarding is it
1: to build off youtube a- a lot off of YouTube. <laughs> yeah. It's surprising what you can learn yeah. on YouTube.
0: But how rewarding is it to build a motor and then, like you said, put it in? Put the I'm mag nervous in. Ray. Like we've gotten to the point where we, you can put the mag in, and like I know how much I know how much to twist the mag now, just eyeballing it, and I can get it within a couple degrees of my timing
1: mark, of where I want it I, to be timed. I mean, yeah, I've had I, couple, I know I've, te- I've had I've a couple text- times I've nailed it too. I, I know I've texted you more than once and it was like, degree of the cam didn't even have. Uh, d- well first time just yeah. Like, yeah didn't have to use the degree wheel just put it in there
0: Yeah. oh there it is the last motor I built I did the exact same thing I put and the, like, I the put first the degree wheel in on the cam and I landed it the first time uh, and I was like alright
1: I think the first time I did ever did de- degree to cam in it like took me five hours yeah. trying to figure it out yeah. and
0: then reading back through it yeah and here's the crazy thing is like on that particular there's no skill it's all 100% luck like you just so happen to put oh the yeah chain. yeah you
1: you, you you act like you know what you're doing but you really no. Don't. You, it just <laughs>
0: happens but, uh, so, more open subject. What are we talking about? Uh, did you get to watch the King of the 360s race? Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I've seen a lot of people mad about it. Yeah. Uh, I actually turned it off. I'll be honest. After Sam blew right rear, I said, all right, this is going to be a crap show. And I actually turned it off and switched over to USAC, but they were, I think, still fixing the fence. Yep. We can get back to that. So, I, uh, and then I looked over and my wife was sitting here on the couch and she was just staring at me like she was mad that I turned that race off. And I said, did you want to watch that? And she goes, it was finally getting interesting.
1: No, that's where <laughs> I was going. That's where I go. It wasn't, it wasn't, it was a horrible race, yeah. terrible race. But, but the like drama I, side of it, four laps in, I went, I, I looked at my wife and went, that track took rubber already. They got 36 laps to go. Yeah. None of them will make yeah. it. And then when, they, when Sam went off, and like, it got to the point where me and Ange were playing the game. I was like, who's next? Because yeah. I was like, can they even make another lap? Yeah,
0: that's where me and Jennifer were at. We, but we kept saying, it,
1: all right, one lap or two laps this time? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's how it became entertaining. Not because yeah. it was a good race. Yeah. Just because you were like, what, what, what kind of well, shit show is it going to be?
0: It was like s- after Sam changed right rears and he had already made it like halfway through the field mm-hmm. in like four or five laps. Mm-hmm. I said, Sam's going to win this race. And then, like, the next lap, he gets in that wreck, and he's in the yellow. And I said, well, he was going to win the race. And then he went to the back and started coming back through again. And I was like – He was passing, like, four or five cars on the outside yeah. every
1: turn. Yeah. So, and that shows you how what, like, good rubber means. Yeah. I mean,
0: and I was, like, shocked that – well, I'm not shocked, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I wasn't shocked that the first guy to get a fresh right rear on is the one that came back and won. Yeah, But – he even said it in his interview he knew that his first tire lasted 22 laps and he only needed to go 18 laps yep. this time so he's like i didn't play it safe at all
1: yeah he went after it yeah, yeah.
0: and but then you had other guys like other people you know, trying to milk it and like mark smith he made it the whole race on his right and it cost him
1: well, did it cost him? i mean like he finished like you, you you could watch the way he entered the corner he's changed it yeah he was not he was not wearing that tire out and you know late in that race when
0: Sam passed him, drove around Mark Smith, and then they had a yellow immediately. Mm -hmm. And then they docked Sam two spots and said that he had jumped the previous restart and put him Mm -hmm. at the fourth. I remember. But I was like, all right, well, all those guys just watched him go around the outside. Like, are they going to try to go around that? Like, they can't. There's nothing they can do because if they move up, he'll just go underneath them in all of the rubber. Like, it was just – they were screwed. Uh Nobody had anything for him. And even Sam said in his interview, too, he said that car has so much right
1: rear grip built into it. That's why he's the first one to blow up. Yeah. Yeah. So.
0: It's just yeah, man.
1: I, I, it was entertaining. It's not something I want to see every week, right? But it was entertaining because it was so bad. Sometimes shit shows are entertaining. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And like, I didn't watch Friday. Crazy. I thought Friday rained out when they did the redraw. But Thursday, if I remember right, Thursday wasn't a bad race. No, I think they had. I think they had three different
0: tracks in three nights.
1: Really. I don't think it rained out, but I think it was like... Well, I thought it did. That's why I didn't watch it Friday, because I didn't even turn it oh, on. Oh, I think
0: it... Because I thought, I heard, I, like thought I heard
1: it rained out. No, I... Um, I mm. didn't watch it either, but I think... They no, they raced. There. Aaron Wright won it. Yeah. But,
0: yeah, so they had, like, three different tracks and three nights. Mm. Um, but, yeah, no, it was, it was definitely interesting to watch. That's for sure.
1: The real winner was Hoosier, because they didn't just get one set of tires out of everybody. They got two. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, hope it doesn't happen again. But yeah. but it was entertaining, I guess. If it happens again, it won't be entertaining.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. <clears throat> like You have to be able to compartmentalize that stuff. Yeah. Because there's a lot of race fans that got on their soapbox about it and were just ticked off. Well, I, I, I can get why you'd be ticked off. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I'm but okay I'm like you it turned into a game with me and <laughs> yeah, was, watching I'm like oh who's next yeah. so that's exactly yeah, what it is. But if from. I was
1: racing I'd have been so damn pissed but sometimes Oh yeah I'd have been so mad. You can't stop watching trainer X either man. <laughs> yeah. Well no I'm saying if I was racing though I'd have been so mad. Oh yeah
0: 100%. If I'd have been racing I would I'd have pulled off. I wouldn't have finished that. But let me ref- let me to be clear I Probably wouldn't have been in that A feature, <laughs> but if I had happened to get lucky enough to be in that A feature, I'd have taken my twentieth or twenty fourth, and well,
1: let's no. Now let me back up. If I'd have been in that feature, my right would have been the first one to blow up because I would have went out there with a shittier tire than anybody else. <laughs> there you go. And I'd have had fresh rubber. Well, I'd have had a fresh used tire before anybody else. So I'd have made. I'd have been looking pretty good till about from lap thirty or lap. <laughs> Lap 10 to about lap 20, when my <laughs> second tire blew up. <laughs> and then you had to call it quick. And then I had to call it Because you were out of tires. Yeah, because I had tires. <laughs> yeah, Because we'd already raced two nights before. I don't yeah. have any more tires. Right. <laughs> you don't know how you lucked into the feature with the tires <laughs> you had anyways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the only thing that saved you was it ran. That, that, that was like, like what happened at Caney last year. Like, I ran that B feature. And I passed everybody on the outside when it took rubber. And then, like, when we got in the feature, I was like, this car is shit. You didn't have any tires. I didn't. I did. did, And that's about why I was racing that race. I was like, you know what? That tire's burnt up. Yeah. So that B feature killed me. That
0: happens. Yeah. You're going to have that from time to time. Uh, All-star, Circuit of Champions, some news there. Uh, Chris Wyndham and Lane Racing have teamed up.
1: Is so. Nos coming with him? I wonder I if Nos
0: is coming with him. I think he's said in there. Yeah, okay. he's going to have support from Nos. Um, I don't know. How? I'm I'm curious. I didn't what, see for sure. Like, if what, was, running, the, what was the what was the drink called? Oh, the that was on there last year. Yeah, right? uh, was wasn't it wasn't a hard cider, right?
1: Yeah, I Lakes hard cider. Was it Blake's hard cider? I would assume they won't be on this card no more.
0: Yeah, I wonder if they're going to follow. You wouldn't be competing. Not they're not competing. drinks, No, they but they're are still in the like, beverage the, industry.
1: Yeah, the what, Yeah, they are. even though it's an alcoholic drink, marketing just thinks of it as being a competitive. Even if it's one's alcohol, one's energy.
0: Well, like, yeah, it. we don't know if that Blake's hard cider. I think that's what it <clears> was. <throat> if they followed Cap Henry or not? Yeah, I don't know. So, I'm
1: not that I don't in know tune. if they were with the with the driver or with the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I'm not that in tune on that level of marketing within the teams. So, uh, all stars did race last week, uh, the 13th and 14th at East Bay, Tyler Courtney, picking up the win there, uh, all stars back in action, April 7th and 8th at Attica raceway park. So we got a little over a month to wait to see the all stars again. Uh, and then world of outlaws, uh, they will be back in action. They haven't raced since, uh, volusia but they are actually going back to volusia next week uh march 5th and 6th to kick off the spring showdown um like i said covered a couple of episodes ago the spring showdown looks like it's going to be a couple different weekends a few different weekends at few different tracks um i'm not i'm not for sure they're all being labeled as the spring showdown and it's like two race weekends to fill this thing up i don't know if there's a mini point series with it or not uh so i'll be looking forward to see how that unfolds maybe that's something I should text Justin Feeler and see if he knows.
1: <laughs> Does he ever get tired of you
0: texting him? Probably. <laughs> but he always answers me, so he hasn't told me to piss off yet. So that's <clears throat> good. But Justin has a good theory, and I've said it before. All tides rise, raise the boats. Or raise rise. all boats. Something like that. I done
1: messed it up. A rising high, high, tide high, raises yeah, all yeah, boats. Yeah. Yeah. So, except for one, one won't quit texting the other, and he's like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> he's just gonna pull your plug. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can sink a little bit, buddy.
1: <laughs> That's what he would
2: say.
0: I'm still tied to this damn
1: dock. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, uh. So interesting information on the High Limit series I saw today. Uh, Flow racing. Released hey, when is, when
1: is when is the Lakeside one? It's um, pretty early, isn't it? Yeah. I think we've talked about this before.
0: Yeah. Let me pull it up because. Their first race is at Thunderbolt, but it's not a points race. Um, yeah. Are we week down? Let's We were talking about going as well. We're gonna go? Yeah, let's go. That's the weekday deal. I think it's a Thursday night, maybe.
1: Yep. Tuesday. No, it's Tuesday. Was it Tuesday? I'll uh, check it. Dead air. Dead air. <laughs> we need to like elevator music or something. Yeah. <laughs> One of the
0: podcasts. I listen to You OK there? That's COVID. That's dead, that's dead air. <laughs> it's COVID. Uh, f- April 11th. Lakeside, April 11th. Let's
1: see what day. Oh, that's coming up. It's a Tuesday. It's a Tuesday. It is a Tuesday. Isn't, that a, isn't it like a song? Something on a Tuesday. Spring comes on a Tuesday. What's that song? You know what I'm talking about? No. Oh, gosh.
0: It doesn't matter, though. I don't care that much. I care. So, anywho, um, they they announced today some of the new things that they're going to try with their series because they want to be different. Um, they're doing uh, the, the Durst Dice Roll Challenge. And what they're going to do is the guy that wins the dash that starts on the pole for the A feature can roll dice. Oh, I've seen that. Yep. And whatever it equals so the worst he could do is 12 two sixes. So if he lands two sixes, he now has the option to go to that position. Now, actually I want to, I wonder, do they have to, do they have to, if do they, do they, have have to, to do they have to agree to it before take they see it? the number,
1: do they have to? Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Because
0: if, if the pole setter declines, then the outside pole has the option to take it as well. Oh, that's cool. So, but that's, that's where it ends. So only the front row gets yeah. this option, but so if he takes the challenge and he rolls two sixes and he has to start 12th. If he can win from 12th, he'll get an additional $12,000. They uh-huh. get an additional $1,000 for uh-huh. what they roll. Uh-huh. So if he if he did a six, uh and even he could do snake eyes, two ones, and he could take that and move to the front row outside, and if he wins from the front row outside, he'll get an additional
1: 2,000 cuz he moved to second. I so. wish I wish we got more people to take like the challenges like that. Yeah,
0: I, I think it'll be cool because I think, I think if you have a guy like Kyle Larson, if he wins the dash, which he's obviously very capable of, I is think he, good-
1: is he going to run it though? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. know if he would or not. Yeah,
0: he says he is. Let's um, say like if he wins the dash, with him being that series and trying to promote that type of stuff, you know, he's going to take the challenge every time because mm-hmm. why not, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing they're doing, uh, they're bringing the choose cone into dirt track racing. Are you familiar with the choose It's code? where you can go either side. Mm-hmm. So and they're only doing this in the A features. They're doing double file restarts in the A features up until 10 laps to go. And then it's single file after that. But up until that point, they're going to do double file restarts and the leader is going to pick. The leader is going to go to the inside or outside of the cone signifying I want the inside row or outside row. And so if he goes inside, then the next car, he can pick inside or outside too. Now, if he picks inside, then he's going to start right behind the leader, second row inside, or he can pick outside and start front row outside. So, like, if there's a preferred groove, let's say it's rubbered up and it's inside, you know, that second-place car, he might want to take the inside. Third-place might. But the guy in fourth like, well, screw this. I'm going to take my chances go up to the front row outside. Uh, and chop them. And chop them, right? <laughs> like, so, like, it's interesting. It's something different. It's It's a pavement thing um nascar started doing it but it's done it short tracks all around the country
1: um so it's well, just I mean, interesting like, the late models start side by side and stuff yeah. on restarts well, well they have, they have yeah. the one in the front. i mean it's not, about I'll start side by it, side it's not crazy oh yeah they do don't they yeah, yeah
0: yeah so up until like three or four cautions something like that and then they go single file i don't remember
1: it's not, I mean, yeah, it's not that cra- I mean, it's not that crazy. I mean, it's not that crazy. It's different, but it's not crazy. Yeah.
0: So, But, yeah, the High Limit Series kicks off March 21st. Uh, it's for a non-points race at Thunderbolt Raceway. I think that race is maybe like a makeup race from last year that didn't get to happen or something. I remember there being some talks about it last year, but it's it's not going to be a points race. Um, I don't know if I should or should not announce this, but I was talking to Blake Hahn this week, and he intends to run the High Limit Series. Really? Yeah, so really, really, he said, he said that his schedule that he's working on has him running the first six races of the High Limit Series, and then that's before they they have that one race at Bridgeport in Pennsylvania. He said he's going to see how everything looks, you know, if if they want to continue with the series after that, or uh-huh. if they're going to go do some other. So he's
1: going to try some of it, in other words, yeah. and then make,
0: but he's yeah. got he's got like three or four World of Outlaw races on his schedule already through like what he showed me was through like April or May. Really? So he's really going to focus on a lot more 410 stuff. He said he's going to run a large portion of the ASCS National stuff t- as well. Um but he's going to He said he's looking at 60-70 races this year. Wow. So Good for him. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see him branch into the uh-huh. 410 stuff more. So hopefully he doesn't kill me for
1: Did you get your t-shirt signed? No. For being such a mega fan. I'm I'm a friend. Oh, you're a fan.
0: I am a fan. He's a good, <laughs> I, know, he's a good I know. I'm guy. joking. I'm
1: joking. So, I give you hell. <clears throat>
0: well, uh, speaking of ASCS, uh, American Sprint Car Series National Tour brought to you by Permstone Countertop Solutions. Go to com and see what Permstone can do for you. Uh, ASCS, we're getting a little bit closer to them kicking off their season March 17th and 18th at Devil's Bowl Speedway. It's,
1: it's real close. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, racing's getting ready to get crazy. I mean, yeah.
0: So. Uh, USAC National Sprint Cars. Uh, they had some action last week. Volusia on the 13th. Jake Swanson won. And Volusia on the 14th. Dason Persley picking up that victory. Mm-hmm. It was good to see him get that win. Uh, they moved over to Bubble Raceway Park for the no,
1: 16th. I, I don't remember the number, but it wasn't very many. When they were talking about the announcers on the thing, but he hadn't ran very many sprint car races. No. Like and for him to go out and do something like that, that's yeah. big that's big time. I mean, he's a good racer. I'm not I'm not trying yeah. to audition him, but like he hadn't been in a sprint car that much, you know? Right. So that's kind of cool to see.
0: Yeah. Uh, USAC made their way over to East Bay or I'm sorry, Bubba Bubba Raceway Park on um, the sixteenth, Brady Baker picking up the win, rain out on the seventeenth, and Kyle Cummins picking up the victory on the eighteenth. Uh, USAC National will be back in action On April 1st They got another month gap there They'll be at Lawrenceburg Uh, Let's take a quick break We hadn't talked about it yet But we got a good interview man We've got Ross Weiss from uh, World Racing Group, World of Outlaws Host of Open Red Podcast Uh, Ross took the time He was gracious enough to take some time out of his evening Uh, Just got back home yesterday From traveling for racing Uh, But he Basically, his first full night at home, he took some time away to talk to us uh, and give us a Speed Stick Shocks interview for all you fans out there. It's really cool to hear uh, Ross talk about you know how he got his starts in racing and doing this video stuff. You know, We like to take time and talk to all sides of racing, um, give you guys not just racers and crew chiefs, but media guys and video guys and photographers, so um, this is a good interview, and uh, we're going to... Here, a quick word from a few of our partners and we'll be back on the other side with Ross Weiss
1: Danny Smith, owner of Same Day Auto Repair and Tire Pros makes automotive
2: service and tire buying simpler Same Day Auto Pair and Tire Pros offers payment options with or without credit payments starting as low as $40 the program is available for both car repairs and tires Tire Pros, hassle free, guaranteed Find out more at samedayautorepair.com.
0: No payment options or guaranteed options available to those who qualify See store complete details.
2: Same Day Auto Repair.
0: Whether you're looking for countertop for your new property or you're remodeling these, uh, Permastone has you covered. At, Perm- at Permastone Countertop Solutions, you can choose from a large collection of the best countertops around Tulsa, Oklahoma. From the selection of your countertop to its installation, their experts will help you with everything. Choose from a range of quartz, marble, granite countertops uh, for your residential or commercial property. Uh, You can check out permastonetulsa.com to get with them and get their numbers. You can give them a call, get a free estimate uh, or an in-home consultation um, and let them show you how perfect countertops around Tulsa, Oklahoma can transform your home. That's Permastone Countertop Solutions. Check them out at permastonetulsa.com. Welcome, Ross Weese, to Pass Points Podcast episode 138 for our Speed Stick Shocks interview. Ross, thank you for taking the time to come on the show.
2: Absolutely, guys. Uh, glad glad uh, for y'all to think of me, and I'm, I'm honored to do it.
0: So, my favorite thing about you, or I guess your uh, self-description, your Twitter bio is just my favorite thing, uh, to let everybody out there know you currently are the director of video content for world of outlaws. Um, but my favorite stat about you is number three on the 2017 chili bowl flip count.
2: Yeah, that's uh, it's probably still the craziest thing I've ever done to, to this day, getting the chance to strap into a midget back at the 2017 chili bowl. Uh, Cause I, I, I love that whole week and that event more than life itself sometimes. So I've been going and shooting that race for, for 12 years now. So to, to have that opportunity a number of years back to get into a car and uh, experience that incredible event from a whole different perspective uh, was uh, something I'll never forget.
0: And I think it just says a lot about like your outlook on life and how you view racing as such, just a, just a fun and wholehearted event um, just to, to be able to see the light really in any situation in racing.
2: Right. I mean, there's, there's plenty of times where you've kind of got to strap in and put the visor down and, you know, take this stuff pretty serious, but um, you know, there is, you know, cause th- there's a lot of people that are making a, a serious living doing this. So you got to treat it like <clears> a serious <throat> thing. It is, but I think there are still plenty of times too, where you've got to remember that we are just driving cars in circles and to not take ourselves too seriously when we don't have to. Yeah.
0: Well, I think most of the, the fans that are going to be listening to our show are going to recognize you from the world of outlaws podcast, open red, and uh, I do want to get to that here in a, in a little bit. Um, but something we like to do, uh, we like to touch base on really just on, on our guest's background and how you got involved in racing and what you've done throughout the years to, to really get to the point where you're at. Um, as well as, you know, I, I know you've spent the last few years um, with Stuart, Hart race, Stuart Haas Racing, doing some NASCAR stuff. So I really like to kind of just get a little bit about your background and how you even made it to where you're at now.
2: Well, that's, that's a big question. We could be here a while to get to how I am where I am now. But um, I guess, you know, like a lot of people, racing uh, started off as a family deal for me, like, you know, multi-generational. You know, I'm from the southern part of Illinois originally, and my my great-grandpa owned race cars in the 50s and 60s. My grandpa uh, himself raced uh, throughout better part of the 60s and some of the 70s at, you know, places like Farmington, Missouri and Hopstad Indiana, and they're in that same region. Uh, and then, you know, my uncle raced micro sprint saw grow growing up. So that was the first races I, I, I went to even as a little kid was, you know, weekly micro sprint races there at my home track of of Southern Illinois Raceway in Marion, Illinois. And, um, I never really viewed racing as a, a career path for the better part of my early years and um then kind of through some stuff i sort of started doing at uh the church I with my family growing up doing a lot of tech stuff i actually had a music minister at that church growing up and said why don't you look at kind of careers and you know multimedia type things and that led to a opportunity at a local tv station through my high school at the time where during my senior year of high school i you know went to school till lunch or Then went and worked at the TV station in the afternoon. Just, it was always just that the the front desk covering the phones for the receptionist when she went to lunch and whatever else. But when that year was up, my senior year of high school, that led to opportunities working behind the cameras in the TV studio that are on the the morning news show. Uh, So from my, you know, all four years I was in college, I got, I got, you know, left the house at three o'clock in the morning to go to the TV station to get ready and work the, the morning show, then went to classes all day. And, uh, I guess you know where the racing and the media kind of first collided was uh, you know, was actually going to a NASCAR race. My family went to the fall t- Talladega race together for a number of years growing up, and the news director at the TV station one of those years said, Why don't you just do a phone interview on the morning show Monday morning, kind of do a race recap? Um, and so I thought, Sure, why not? That sounds pretty cool. So, did that phone interview after one of those talladega cup weekends there in october and was there any uh, nerves like, with that uh i mean yeah a little bit i was a young kid i'd never done anything like that before that's, that's what i was wondering um,
1: I'd, I'd have been a nervous
2: wreck i don't i don't i wish i had a, a recording of that interview because that was actually a pretty pivotal moment in my life now to go back and look on it but i don't even i wouldn't remember what the exact date was to be able to tell you when that was but uh they must have liked that phone interview because they started giving me bi-weekly segments on that same morning show i'd run the studio cameras and then during a commercial break run up on the set with the anchors and had weekly segments just talking nascar is how it started just kind of you know previews on friday and then recaps on monday on the the morning show and then that grew into where they let me start taking uh the tv station cameras out on the weekends and covering local racing so i you know I covered outlaw races when they came through to Paducah, Kentucky in the area. I went up and got to cover the last then nationwide series race at the Mm -hmm. St. Louis NASCAR track. So that was a really cool moment to see them kind of have the cup series there of their last year and get that place back to where it should be. And but got to cover a lot of the really cool, you know, local grassroots events there around Southern (laughs) Illinois and, you know, Went to dirt races. Went to demolition derbies. Went to tractor pulls. Just covering all kinds of, you know, putting the spotlight on motorsports on local news. Which, you know, outside of you know maybe some of the work that people like Lindsey Barna do up in Pennsylvania, not a lot of local news out there covers their motorsports in their home region. So yeah, we we um, struggle
0: with that here around Tulsa. It, it, absolutely, it just, you just don't get the support from the local media. You know, you, absolutely, it, it's it's yeah. it's frustrating.
2: Yep. And so did did after a couple of years, all through through college too, and um, you know, got ready to graduate college. You know, my senior year of college, and you know, the Ken Dobson and a number of people there in Central Illinois started the Moa Sprint Car Series, and uh, they had seen through some YouTube and Facebook postings at the time some of the work got out at the TV station, and Kenny reached out and was like, "Hey, we're starting a sprint car series, and would like to have a guy to video it. Would you be interested?" So. I started, you know, Fridays, and I'd go to we'll go work the TV station on Friday mornings, and then may have a couple classes to go to. And then lunchtime, get it on the road that Friday and drive three, four, five hours up the road to Jacksonville or Spoon River or Lincoln, Illinois, or any number of places to go work a work a Moa weekend and and uh, shoot for those guys, and, and then that that's kind of where the 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 marriage of the the enjoyment of the media side of things and the love of racing kind of came together and then a career path was born.
0: So when you say like, like your family having race cars growing up and then your family had you know love with going to NASCAR races, um, w- was your family more of a dirt track family or, or just kind of racing in general?
2: Oh, hunter, I mean dirt track family, 110% okay. Like, okay. like we weren't like, super big crazy nascar people we went you know my parents went to that fall talladega race with some friends for a number of years but that was the only cup race we we would ever go to so definitely dirt people through and through from the very start and um you know that's that's the world we grew up in was micro sprints and then you know i about that that same time i started doing the moa stuff is when i first had my own camera equipment and it was you know when i wasn't off at a moa weekend well it was going off just to screw around with a camera at a a power eye race or a local micro sprint race somewhere else there in the the midwest
0: yeah so what what about what year are we talking when you're kind of really taking off doing this stuff with moa
2: so that would have been – the MOA stuff would have been 2010, 2011. Okay. Um, and then I would have graduated – I graduated May of 2012 from college. Um, and then that August, September, uh, I moved to Iowa from Southern Illinois. I spent a year in Iowa uh, working in and around the IMCA sanctioning body very closely – uh, working with a group broadcasting a lot of their races um spent a year there um and then fall 2013 so I just after a year in Iowa uh, is when the World of Outlaws came calling and moved moved to Charlotte
0: okay so kind of walk us through that that World of Outlaws thing you said like did you did you have to apply for anything was it straight up them knocking on your door
2: they they had kind of God, that's been a decade ago now. Some of the details are a little fuzzy at this <laughs> yeah. point, but um it it was kind of a mix of me kinda of looking for a different opportunity from what I had there in Iowa and 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 them also kind of looking, you know, reaching out. I think they had first actually uh, I mean, a guy who's been a huge part of my career that I mentioned already, uh Kenny Dobson, I think they kinda he was kind of a mutual connection between me and some of the people at the Outlaws and he kinda helped get us hooked up and um so when 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 you ask if I applied or they went looking, I think it was a a kind of a fair mix of both, really, is what brought the whole thing together.
0: Yeah. Okay. So what were
2: what did they have you doing right away? So the, yeah the the video and video department has definitely evolved over time uh, at at World Racing Group with the, the World of Outlaws. So um, there initially it was a lot of just you know, doing quick commercials for racetracks when they requested it. And, um, you know, cause they, they didn't, there, there wasn't a big emphasis on social media video at, at that point. And, you know, there was more, I mean, dirt, dirt vision at the time was maybe 30 to 40 races a year, if that. So, and that was spread across all the world racing group series. So late model races, sprint car races, super dirt car, big block races, uh, you know, a little bit of everything. So, uh, it, it, definitely grew and evolved over time, but it was, it was a very, very small operation in the beginning when I first walked in in
0: 2013. So, you know, you know I know, I think when you left, um, and now I'm, I'm also going to be fuzzy on the years here, but you left for a few years. Uh, you had an opportunity to go work. If I remember correctly, with Stuart Haas racing and NASCAR. Um, you know, the, I looked like the video side of the world of outlaws had grown quite a bit. Um, and you know, with you moving on you, you had been a part of it growing um and then you'd gotten to the point where you were you and Justin Fiedler were uh, doing the open red podcast the you know the first iteration of it um was it was i imagine it was pretty hard to leave because you you had been a part of something that had grown so much already in just a few short years
2: yeah it 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 definitely so as far as the the timing on that that was january of twenty twenty one when I left. Uh, to to go try the the nascar thing for a while um and it yeah leaving i think you could ask my my wife i was pretty sick to my stomach of several nights kind of going back and forth over overthink and i you know think i i was more i think if anything I, I i was more sick and nervous about telling them i was leaving than the act of leaving because you know it wasn't like i left with any kind of ill will towards anybody it was just you know, I think a lot of people get to that have a point in their life where it's like you just need to go try something else for a while and kind yeah. of see what else the the, the world has to, to offer and right. um wouldn't trade those experiences I had in the NASCAR side of the world for anything. Uh, met met a lot of great people who I'm still in con contact with, but you know, I spent one full season cup racing but wasn't even gone from World Racing Group for twelve calendar months. So um you know I left in January twenty twenty one and I restarted that world racing group in late november early december of 2021 so um really really cool experience at stewart Haas racing but uh really excited for the things we have going on back at world racing group now
0: wow i gotta be honest i i I didn't realize that you made it back to world racing group so quickly
2: yeah it was i was kind of just doing my thing um at stewart haas and then they uh brian dunlap who's who was my supervisor still is my supervisor at road racing group and kind of reached out and said, we're kind of creating this new position that kind of retools how our video department works. And, you know, wanted to talk to you about it before we did anything else, whether to see if you'd be interested. So, um, and I was very much interested it, it kind of, you know, solved some of the things I might've left because of, and, some of the issues I had had and was trying to get fixed. And it, it was, a it's, so I'm, I'm in a really, really good spot now with, uh, with board racing. group.
0: Yeah. I think that definitely speaks volumes. So like you said, like not leaving on any ill will and leaving the right way, if they were so, um, so quick to contact you back about a new position and helping them grow even more, even though you were already gone.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> so I think, you know, I, I kind of said a few minutes ago about how, you know, video at World Racing Group has grown and evolved. So like I said, when I first started, like video was an all-encompassing term at World Racing Group. Like Dirt Vision, video production, everything was all in one. And now with the incredible growth that Dirt Vision has had, um, you know, there's really kind of two separate video departments that have grown from that, where Dirt Vision is its own separate group with its own people and it's you know it's its own needs and then my position now is director of video content where you know i'm i'm in charge of all the video that is not live within the company essentially so content that gets produced directly for social media uh you know we we still produce plenty of material that airs on dirt vision but my team is not the team that's responsible for making Dirt Vision happen, if if that makes sense. So, um, you know, I've got a team of a couple editors there in the office with me uh, here in Concord. And we've got Tony Laporta uh, on our team that travels full time with the World About Law Sprint Car Series, um, and then fingers crossed, hoping maybe add another person to our team here uh, in the next year or two as we kind of keep growing this department out because video content only seems to keep getting more and more important to uh, sponsors and potential sponsors. So uh, it's a, uh, it's a really, it's a really fun time to have this particular skill set.
0: So are you primarily kind of a, a, a studio headquarters guy or do you get to travel much as well?
2: I, I'm a little bit of both. I, I try to travel a little less than I used to back in the day. Now that I've got a life and a dog and a mortgage here at home in North Carolina. So um, my my wife's grinning at me on the couch as I say that, but um, <laughs> it's because you didn't you know, cause mention back, her. Back back in the day, as a as a young single guy, I did a lot of traveling. So yeah, um, what well, say- I I think I think that's I think that's kind of a I hate to call it a misconception that a lot of people have about my position with the company, but or I, I really don't do myself any favors with how I advertise myself either. But I I kind of work across. i i I work across all of the series that we have so you know my twitter bio may say video content at world of outlaws but i work with our late model series with our super dirt car big block series with our midget series with all the dirt car racing sanction stuff in the the midwest like my team works across all of that for the most part so we're doing our best to produce video content across all the different series properties that uh World Racing Group has, so it definitely keeps us on our toes. Yeah.
0: I can definitely see where that uh, would be a lot to keep up with. But I, I also would think, in the same sense, having all of that to work on could potentially help you from feeling stagnant, having the just the different types of cars and different projects going all the time.
2: Oh, absolutely. Because there's always, you know, there's, there's always a different storyline to be told, you know, somewhere. So, you know, you look at our Late model series this year currently has twenty two full time drivers signed up. The sprint car series has fifteen guys. The our big block series normally gets twenty ish drivers signed up, you know, it's the first year as the midget series kind of being the sole focus on the extreme outlaw side. And so uh yeah, there's 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 definitely too much going on to ever get bored. Yeah, that's well, that's for sure. But but then that also really helps, you know, on the travel side of things too. It's your your it's not like every weekend you're traveling out to be around the same group of people. So, you know, it really, it's really as a being as being a race fan, in addition to somebody that works in the industry, it's cool. Cause I, you know, they're really cool at world racing group by letting me, you know, kind of picking my schedule and places I think would be the, you know, the best to go to, to generate the best content. So it's been really cool. You know, I get inevitably every year, I get to you know cross one more track off my bucket list that I've never been to and seen before so. It's uh, it's it's a pretty good spot for sure.
0: Travis, do you have a question?
1: Oh no, I was I was going to ask. Like, we're we're primarily a like sprint car podcast, but Michael has like a dream of driving a late model and stuff. I do, yeah. But like, can is can since you do like the media and stuff, can you tell like a difference like and what fans are looking for between two different fan bases?
2: I would say it's it's not so much. Not sure how to answer that. Well, it might this. not even.
1: It might, they might be pr- primarily the same too. I guess, so,
2: what do you say? Are you? I'm just saying, Travis, are, like, are like the fans looking
1: for different things? Like the content or? that he yes. produces. Yes. Yes. Yeah. As far as like,
0: do you produce content that, like, do the late model fans tend to lean towards different styles of videos of the sprint cars or the fans? Yeah, that's that's exactly
1: what I'm trying are to ask. The fans yeah.
0: a little more alike than they probably realize.
2: I think to my earlier point, talking about the kind of growth of this department and this, you know. My team, we've kind of got together at Road Racing Group. I I think my only a- answer back to that would be we don't have enough data for that yet um, okay. to really adequately answer that. So like I said, we have Tony Laporta who travels full-time producing content weekly with the Sprint Car Series. But we don't have somebody who does that on a full-time basis yet with the Late Model Series or with the, the Big Block Modifieds in the the Northeast. So I'm hoping – that's kind of the growth I'm, I'm hoping – to have is kind of to add some extra people to my team to kind of have somebody dedicated to that side of the sport and produce content there as, as well. Cause there's plenty of incredible stories up and down the pit yeah. area and those two groups are racers. So um, a lot of, a lot of history to be had there and stories to be told. So I um, know it kind of sounds like I'm giving you a non-answer answer to your no, question. No, but I, it, it I don't want to, I don't want to BS you either and kind of just blow some smoke up your butt and tell you, you know, but I, <laughs> I, I just don't, I don't, think i have enough data yet to be able to adequately an- answer that question for you
1: well i, I guess the, i guess the reason i brought it up was is because we're so far on one side of it i didn't know if that if like late model fans were you know much different than us i guess well, so i don't I don't, I, I don't know what i'm asking really. i don't
0: think they are at least for me and i and i kind of i'll spin this into a
1: you might be able to a question per, you might be
0: able to say well. it better than what i'm trying and, and the reason i i come from a late model family my uncle don grew up racing late model or, you know, he was racing late models in the late seventies, early eighties, around here in the Midwest. And, uh, so like, I'm, I guess I'm the first one in my family to get out of full bodies and get into sprint cars. And, uh, but I've always loved late models, love to race late models. And, uh, my father-in-law diehard sprint car fan since he was a kid. And he, he recently has been telling me that he's been watching some of the, like the world of outlaws, uh, late models and then uh, some of the Lucas Oil late model highlight videos. He's like, man, there's a lot of good racing going on in that. And I'm like, I've been telling you for years that the late model <laughs> racing is good, man. And so he's finally starting to come around to where he's watching late models. And I think my personal opinion is that Kyle Larson has helped unite the two fan bases and made the made the fans cross over a little bit and realize that we're not so much, we're not that different that the racing good racing is good racing. Um, and I think you got, You could probably see that yourself. Having to cover all of it at once—that like good racing is just good racing. I think we're. You know, the fans are going to be more alike than they realize.
2: Absolutely. I mean, so it's it's February twenty first as we're sitting here recording this interview, and I would challenge any sprint car fan listening to this interview to you know get on Dirt Vision and go watch the World of Outlaw late model feature. From just three, four days ago, on the final night of the Dirt Car Nationals at Volusia, because if if that if that can't make you a, a late model fan, then I've got nothing else for you. Right? Um, you know, Hudson O'Neill wins it from 23rd in a 50-lap feature on a remarkable racing surface down there at Volusia. You know, trading sliders for the lead with. Tim McCready and Dev Moran, just an incredible race from start to finish, and then the same thing on the Supercar Series Big Block Modified side, where you know 50-lap feature, last-lap pass for the win, just another incredible race there. So, I think a lot of Open Wheel fans don't become fans of the fender side because they're they they just don't get exposed to the right aspect of it early enough in their racing fandom. So, you know, if you grow up only going to sprint car and midget races, you're probably never going to get exposed to an A-level late model or modified race, you know, short of whatever the support card is at the sprint car and midget race that you're at. You know,
0: there's not a um, lot of areas in the country, and I'm sure there's a few that exist, but to my knowledge, there's not a lot of areas of the countries that have, you know, top of the level sprint cars and top of the level late models for fans to be able to get right. accustomed to both. Like, you know, for Absolutely. me, sprint cars here in Oklahoma was the, the highest form of racing I could do. And that's why I gravitated towards it. Even coming from a full body family, I wanted to race the highest class I could race here in Oklahoma. And I'll be honest, had it been late models, I probably would be re- racing late models, but that's just not where we live and or what exists where we live at the moment. And I think that's like you kind of alluded to there. If it's what you grow up around that you're going to be so dead set on.
2: I think if you would have asked me as the, you know, young kid in twenty, you know, two thousand eight, nine, ten, eleven, when I was in that same se- scenario growing up in Illinois and only going to sprint car and midget races, I would have told you I wouldn't have probably walked across the the, the street to watch a late model race or a modified <laughs> race. But right. with the with the experiences I've had and the races I've been blessed to, to be a part of, uh, you know, in my near decade of involvement now with world, world racing group, but once you see them at the right place and go to the right event or the right racetrack, they'll, they'll make a fan out of you in a hurry.
0: Yeah. Well, I want to ask you this question real quick and we'll kind of lead it into talking about, uh, open red podcast. Um, you know, it, it do you see open red being something more than just talking about sprint cars and maybe midgets? Like, is it, is it something that you guys are going to expand to cover all of the classes that world racing group has?
2: I think for now in the kind of new form uh, we brought the show back in, it's probably just going to be a sprint car and midget focus for, for now. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm really, really excited about the fact that we do have the extreme outlaw midget series now and, you know, we have the opportunity to kind of expand some of our storytelling into that side of the sport as well. And, you know, really, really proud of all the work that Justin Feeler and myself did back in the day in our near four-year four, four year run with that show. And then, you know, Rob Blount and Nick Graziano, what they did with it. You know, the show kind of went away for a while. And so, you know, really, really excited to have, have it back now, even if it's on a limited just couple episodes a month basis. And uh, looking forward to seeing what this year brings for it.
0: Yeah, I do have to say, um, I loved, you know, the original version of the show with you and Justin. Um, and then with Justin doing dirt tracker, we've done quite a few episodes where we've combined with Justin and we've done some chili bowl previews and things like that with him. Um, and then I'll, I'll lean on him and I'll, I'll bounce ideas off of him. So he's become very helpful. Yeah, pretty much all our facts come from him. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, honestly, I will text him and ask him questions because I just know that it's, he's in the know so much. And, uh, so, you know a lot of this podcast and what we do stem from some of the ideas and the things that you guys did on the original open red show so so I do thank you for that and give you and Justin a lot of credit for how we try to run this show um so there's a there's a part of me that it's a little bit bitter having open red back and, and he's <laughs> not he's not with you because you guys were such a good pair um but it's still just great to have the show back and uh and both of you guys are just kicking butt with what you're doing in the sport. Um, you know, even though it's separately now, but hopefully maybe, uh, maybe there'll be some things in the future where, you know, you guys can team up for some specials or something.
2: Yeah. It, it, it's really, really cool to see the growth of his dirt tracker project. And from the, from the kind of humble beginnings that it had to kind of see what that's grown, grown into for him. And, uh, Pretty popular force uh, across the the sport, really. I mean, hell, I work in dirt track racing. Uh, I learn stuff when I watch his right. watch Justin yeah. show every day. Sometimes, so it's uh, the the growth that he's had and, and the success he's had with that is really, really, really cool to see. Yeah.
0: Well, um, in uh, your famous words, or at least a phrase that I always remember you saying, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about your weese's Pieces project. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's it's not been much of an active project here as of late. I haven't fired up my computer to do any scamming in a while. But uh, I mean, the the website's still sitting there for anybody that wants to go see it. But yeah, Uh You know, I'm I'm a pretty big history buff, and uh, kind of combined my enjoyment of racing and my enjoyment of history with starting that website a number of years back. But i you know, just always really enjoyed old racing event programs. Uh, because they're kind of a cool little time capsule of what the sport looked like on that given day or that given season for, you know, whatever track or series the the program is for. So, uh, bought a scanner a number of years back and kind of started that website where I was scanning and then uh, uploading PDFs f- free to view. Uh, on there of the so there's probably close to 400 plus programs on there right now from. Mostly dirt racing, but a couple drag racing, a couple NASCAR, a couple Indy programs on there from uh, all eras you can think of. I think the old oldest program I have on there is from the 30s or 40s. Wow! You know, from some some old tracks out in California. So, uh, like I said, I haven't been too act, active on that one in a while. I need to get the computer fired back up and do some some scanning, get some new content put on there, but uh, haven't haven't added too much new on there in the last several months for, for, for sure. It's pretty neat. I mean,
0: just to give people an idea. I mean, like I'm looking right now at a, at a big block modified program from super dirt week in 1983. It's just, just really cool just to see what race cars even looked like back then and what the storylines were and who was winning what it's just, it's really neat that you're preserving that history.
2: I think that, that kind of sentiment was the very reason that I started that project. So I felt, you know, like there's so there's so much cool history in those programs, but and, and that my 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 biggest thought behind starting the project was that history does not do anybody any good sitting in a plastic tote or a Walmart sack yeah. up in your closet somewhere. Yeah. So, um, you know, scanning and trying to make as broadly available to the masses as I can that history has kind of been the driving force behind what brought that website to life. Yeah.
0: Well, it's pretty neat. Um, I'm looking forward to you to continue to add through that, add to that through the years. Um, Cause I know there's a lot out there and I would assume, you know, maybe have you had people reach out to you um, as far as like just loaning you stuff to scan, or are you just keeping it to your collection only? How does
2: that work? Oh, I've, I've had several people who have sent me stuff to scan and I've sent back to them and I've had people who've, sent me stuff a scan and just said, keep it. So my, my, my wife is kind of grinning on the couch here again now, because I think she rolls her eyes a little harder every time I walk in the house with another (laughs) box of programs. So yeah, what she doesn't know is I get them shipped to my office so I can bring them home at a slow rate. So I bring them all, (laughs) all, all in at once. So I can, you know, there's a pile, there might be a pile to the ceiling in my office, but she only sees the one box a month I carry home. So she doesn't, (laughs) she kind of thinks they're coming home a little slower clip. That's
0: fantastic. Well, (laughs) Ross, man, it's, it's been fantastic having you on here and getting to chat a little bit with you and learning a little bit more about who you are and and how you got involved in racing. And, uh, like I said, man, it's, it's great to have you back with open red and, uh, you know, look forward to listening to you. I guess right now, every, uh, every two weeks is what you guys have set up for the show right now.
2: Yep, For now, that's going to be it. So I'm, you know, I, I miss doing the storytelling of Open Red, but I, I'm sure you guys can attest to this doing your own show here as well. What I didn't miss with podcasting was that every seven day feeling of, oh, damn, we got to get another show together.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, I, I don't work you know. very hard. Michael works hard. <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> so I was trying to avoid kind of getting stuck drowning in that, that cycle again. So, yeah. uh, you know, every two weeks kind of gives me time to catch my breath in between and put the time and planning I want to into each guest and have time to promote the the next episode coming up. And so uh, we're only two episodes deep so far into this new revised version of open red. So we'll get to the end of the year in November and kind of see what the numbers look like and see what it takes to keep pushing it forward.
0: Well, that's awesome, man. We'll uh, we'll keep subscribing and help all we can with those numbers. And uh, like I said, man, we appreciate you taking the time to come on the show.
2: Thanks guys. I appreciate you having me. It's been a pleasure. Yes, sir good interview with Rob. it was really
0: good interview yeah man uh it was fun uh, especially hearing him talk about just kind of the, the how all the video stuff through world of outlaws has mm-hmm. changed mm-hmm. over the years and what it's evolved into um i gotta admit it'd be awesome having a job working the racing all the time oh yeah or a
1: lot of work one of the two
0: yeah you either you either grow to hate it or or you really enjoy it yeah so Sometimes yeah. I say, "Don't, don't uh,
1: get a job." Well, because what you it'll become, what you love will become a job, kind of thing. I've heard that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, but I don't know, man. I think if we found the right stuff, it'd be nice. So, you know what? I would sounds really, like he's really enjoying it.
1: I really want to be a trust fund baby.
0: I think you're a little bit beyond that. Damn. Unless your parents got a lot of money that you don't know about. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> You are right there bud no covid You got to stop it. It might be, I don't know. Oh, it's a good thing I'm wearing my mask. Are you? Yeah. It's not a thing. It's over. I'm not taking any chances.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, thank you to our partners. What's, what's going to be funny now? There <laughs> it's not going to be funny. Go ahead. You're going to actually get covid. Yeah, probably. <laughs> It's not funny. It is. No,
0: it's life or death, Travis.
1: Yeah. Well, so sometimes you got to laugh at it.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks to Ross Wees for taking the time to do our Speed Stick Shocks interview. We really appreciate it. Uh, thank you to our partners, Same Day Auto Repair, PermaStone Countertop Solutions, A1 Machine Shop, and Speed Stick Shocks for uh, helping to continue to support us so we can get this show to you guys. And thank you to all the fans out there for listening to episode 138 of Passing Points Podcast presented by Same Day Auto Repair. We'll talk to you next week. passing points podcast is produced by mtr performance media please follow and like us on social media at passing points podcast on facebook at passing underscore points on twitter and at passing points podcast on instagram